You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hi, ladies. It's so good to have you here with us again this week. And it is my delight to introduce to you Christy Bridges. And Christy and I have just been getting to know each other. And I really think that the best way for her to be introduced is to just say, jump in, Christy, and tell us a little bit about yourself and and your ministry, the things that you do. Oh, sure. Thank you so much, Pam, for having me. I am the founder of One Moment Wiser. I do daily devotions on social media um, with a spiritual mental health focus. You know, God has given us in his word so much wisdom for taking care of ourselves and taking care of our lives. And so I talk about that in those daily devotions. And then I help other people share their stories through interviews and devotional book projects and events that I do. There's so much wisdom available. And um, sometimes we are just not utilizing what's there, right? And I love the way that you come on daily to, you know, like we're going to be on social media quite often anyway. And so you can kind of reclaim, reclaim that territory and give a word of the day. So that is great. How did you come up with the name One Moment Wiser for your website and all the things you do. You know, what's funny is I am terrible at naming things. I can write books and songs <laughs> and names, just I fall short. Um, and one day it was probably six months of trying to think of a name and coming up with terrible things that my friends were like, Oh, Christy, no. <laughs> and one moment wiser just popped into my head along with the name of the book, wisdom better than wishing, which was the first in the devotional series. And I was like, wait, those are perfect. It was like they'd been there all along and I just hadn't removed the clutter to, to see them yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we can be very easily overwhelmed if we think that we do need to have all knowledge or all wisdom right now. And it causes some anxiety as we try to live up to that. And I think you're right. Like we don't need to have all the answers. We don't need to have, um, all the information. In fact, if we did, we'd probably be even more anxious. Um, so, but if instead we are just one moment wiser and we just learn things little bit by little bit, it will equip us for what the Lord wants us to do wherever he wants us to, for wherever the Lord wants to take us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's something about, and in the videos, it's funny. I started out being one minute wiser when it first came to me, but my videos each day are two minutes long. And <laughs> so that was a lie. But I love that short, quickly digestible. Here's a truth you can apply today. Yeah. You've been doing some of this writing and sharing your life. Mm-hmm. for a while. How yeah. has that changed over the years or how did it how did it start and take us into your story about the progression of where you are to where you are now? You bet. Well, there's a lot of stories I could tell because it's it's been a long progress, but the devotional part started in 2015 
with my first book and then the online devotions. And I really, over the next few years, was, you know, part of conferences and, and writing and expanding. And then all of a sudden, my life kind of came to a screeching halt. There was a day in December when I went out to pick up some kids whose mom had gone to the hospital. And on the way home from that, I was praying because I was like, Lord, what's going to happen to these kids if anything happens to their mom? And my husband and I, we never, we didn't raise our own kids. We visited our own kids, but they were raised by their moms. Um, and my child was raised by adoptive parents. And so, you know, here we are older with no real experience raising kids. And I never expected him to even want to. And I came home and he said, if anything happens to their mom, we need to be able to take these kids. And I was like, who are you? And where's my husband? <laughs> um, Wait, do you know what that means? Like, <laughs> are you really prepared for this? Am I prepared for this? Yeah, this does not sound like you. Um, and But it did sound like God. And over the next nine months, we had them around a lot more and we talked to the whole family about being there for them. And then came the day when we got the call and all of a sudden, just overnight, we had three kids and 10 animals, 12, 12 animals in our house. Um, and, you know, my husband's very introverted and I was very used to having my own thing. And so just everything came to a halt because I knew it was, you know, this was going to be unpredictable and I needed to be able to just focus and be and not have expectations of myself that were unreasonable, not, um, not try to pigeonhole people, you know, time slot people, right? You just have to be flexible. And we learned so much about ourselves over the course of, of the next year and a half. It was, um, it was hard. You know, I've been talking to people who are parents here on this podcast. And I know, you know, all these people have so much experience. And here I am talking about a year and a half of parenting <laughs> and going, it's hard. <laughs> but wow, I have a whole different respect for the step parents I had as a child. And um, just a, a very different understanding that no matter what you imagine you're going to accomplish, no matter what you, how you expect things to be, um, it's unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And you just have to have mm -hmm. a lot of resilience. Mm -hmm. Well, I often tell people you get used to what you have and you get used to who you have in your home. And, and when I say that, it's from the perspective of people go, oh my goodness, you have nine children. I can't, I can't even imagine. And I'm like, well, you get used to what they, you know, as they come and often they come one at a time. I do have one set of twins, but still like often they just come one at a time and you just kind of move into life slowly. And so for you getting used to what you have and what is around you, this is a completely different story because you were used to having your own space and your own time and probably putting things down in areas on counters and they would still be there when you came back. And now you have this um, different situation, where <laughs> a fruit basket, fruit basket upset where you um, 
life's a little louder. Life's a little messier. Um, things don't stay done once you get them done. So. You hit on it right there. I was a little bit of a clutter bug at first, but when you have three more clutter bugs, <laughs> join the house uh-huh. with all their stuff, right? In a house. And the animals. Oh, yes. The animals. It. Oh, my husband had a heart attack. Yeah. He had a heart attack about six months in. Um, because he was just not prepared and, um, I never expected that, you know, I, I had the mentality that we just, we just keep rolling. We suck it up. We keep rolling, you know, and, um, and he trusts me. And, and so he, you know, kept trying to stifle what he was feeling and just roll because I said it would be okay. And, Uh, We learned to communicate differently Mm -hmm. because of that. And it was just with, for him, just the clutter and the ever present um, energy, you know, all. And then for me, the clutter was, was definitely, I noticed uh, an impact psychologically because I work at home, Mm -hmm. but even more than that, I, I respond to need. I, you know, if somebody, if I feel like somebody needs me, if, if I feel like somebody needs me to be there or to feed them or to give them something or to do something. Um, and when I'm surrounded by animals and people that I'm supposed to take care of, I was finding myself very pressured, you know, mm-hmm. it, not because they were putting pressure on me, but because I was feeling that kind of pressure. And mm-hmm. due to you know, the fact that their mom was going through the most horrible year of her life, we ended up having conversations where the pressure just, just kind of boiled over because she was, you know, having a very big crisis year. And I was already at my, at my top. Mm -hmm. And I ended up recognizing after a pretty tragic afternoon, um, where things just kind of blew apart. I realized, you know, people talk about church hurt. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I am the church who hurts people, you know, because I had built her expectations of me wrongly by not setting good boundaries and by by trying to rescue her and her family from everything where you can't, you know, a human can't do that. That's God who does that, who does it very differently than we expect him to. Um, and I had set wrong expectations and I had hurt her tremendously, mm. um, not meaning to. And yeah. so I ended up in counseling and at, at Plumline Counseling Center here, they have a codependency class. Okay. A, a codependency class and a safe people class. Both of those I highly recommend because they really, they help me to recognize things that I needed to do better so that I don't cause heartache um, Mm -hmm. by trying to help, you know, you try to help because you want to make things better. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you said respond to need. And when you are surrounded by people all the time and animals included, just throw those in there. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't have any time down. You are in constant need. So it develops like uh, you're just ramped up. 
you're ramped up because, you know, even if I go into my room for a little while, I know there's somebody on the other side of that wall that might have a concern and it is my job to fix it for them or to come alongside them. And, and I think, is that where you're going? Like with the codependency thing, it just kind of becomes a very large plate to keep full at all times. Yeah. We teach people that they can rely on us and that that we're the ones who are going to, you know, meet their every need. And that's wrong. That's not actually Mm -hmm. accurate. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we, you know, I've done that a lot of my life because, Mm -hmm. because I want to serve, I want to help. And God has equipped me with a lot of neat things, you know, neat blessings, but I have to recognize that, that I, you know, I have to listen to God. I have to make the space and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because you are equipped with all the people in the world and all the resources yeah. in the world. And you can make up resources if you want to. Um, so I have to go, what's my part that you want me to play? And learn to recognize when I'm not feeling that I'm supposed to do something. Um, mm-hmm. Because just because there's a need doesn't mean I'm the one to need it. Mm-hmm. I was just at a ladies retreat last weekend. And one of the speakers said, uh, and she has like, 10 or 11, I can't remember how many children she has. And, and she said that I have learned that I do not do anything that could be done by somebody else. And I thought, okay, that's genius because I have taught my children to do some things. They do their own laundry, you know, they have a night that they could cook, but, um, but I'm still very hands-on and I'm still kind of doing all the things and it can become quite, immersive for, you know, in time, you know, pull me in so that I can't feel like I can breathe anymore at some point. So I wonder, uh, I kind of feel like this is, this is the case of a lot of moms. If you jumped in at these teen years, but you know, mamas who have been with their toddlers, babies, and then toddlers, and, and we do have to do all the things for them for a while. That's just the natural progression of things. And then there's a point where it changes and they can do some things for themselves, but then we're feeling like, well, am I really doing my mom job if I'm not doing those things for them? So then we start doing them for them. Pretty soon we've got a 30 year old living at home and you're doing their dishes and their laundry because you've just always done it. So if, if someone is in that position where they're, they're recognizing some of those um, maybe codependent traits, how do you step those back? And you have to adjust your expectations. One of the biggest challenges I had with that was if I don't do it for them and they don't do it for themselves, mm. then maybe I should jump in and get it done. No, yes. No, just go, well, this is going to be messy and you'll do it when you realize you need to. <laughs> right. And I, that's a scary thing because you're it like, is. you love that other person and you're thinking, I need to rescue, jump in and rescue and fix it because I love them so much. I don't want to see them struggle. Yeah. And so with one of the kids, we struggled with school. School was very, very talented in mechanical things and with people and with organization, but not with, you know, reading and that kind of thing. Uh, Just it really uh, was, was hard for her to want to because because when you're successful at other things why do you want to feel like a failure right yeah and so um 
I tried to help, I tried to encourage, I tried to push, I tried to nag, you know, and at some point I had to go, you know what, you got a long life ahead of you, you got lots of skills. If you don't succeed at school, at some point it will become important for you. And, you know, you'll get your degree, you'll get what you need, or you'll work around it. And I, you know, there's only so much I can do. Um, because you've got to learn to make your own choices. And, and honestly, if we don't give them places to practice making their own choices mm-hmm. in, when we're still paying the bills, right? they're going to have to get that practice when there's a lot more at stake. Yes. And that meant that I had to accept that my expectations weren't going to be met. And that mm-hmm. just had to be okay because it wasn't my life. And I don't know. I think maybe that is a little easier to do when you didn't start raising Mm -hmm. the kid. I I think it would be really hard for me to do if it was somebody that, you know, before they were born, I was already having dreams for them. Mm -hmm. But still at some point they move into a life that is not ours to live. And we have to start giving them those choices earlier. Mm -hmm. It was a little lonely for me. Um, The last part of the time that the older kids were with us because when they all first moved in that first Christmas, you know, and the cookies and, and we did all the things that I thought, you know, they got their first jobs and I was playing taxi until they saved up money to buy their own cars. And, you know, it was so, there was fun. And, um, you know, the youngest and I, we'd go play tennis. We do this and that because, you know, he didn't have a job. He wasn't old enough. And so he was like my little buddy. And then came the time when they all got comfortable enough to stay in their rooms all the time. <laughs> you know? They didn't feel like they had to be out there pleasing me or, or being around, you know, they mm-hmm. could be in their own space. And I mm-hmm. never saw anybody. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh and my God. Nice. They're so comfortable to be here that I don't even know they're here. Wait, what's the point of that? Like, God put us in this position and in this home all at the same time. Maybe we could be cultivating some relationship here. Think, oh, it was so lonely. And then they got, you know, they had their cars and so they could go. And ah, and I just, boy, I leaned deep onto God and just tried to be happy that I could have some time to focus on my husband. But mm-hmm. um, it was really sad for a little while. I felt like I was mm-hmm. just running a and b And then I realized, <laughs> uh, you know, look back at myself as a teenager and realized, I never left my room very much. You know, I was always into my own thing and it felt normal. Mm. Um, And so I just, and now, now it's a lot better. Uh, Mm -hmm. The boy and I are doing some things together and he does a Mm -hmm. lot of things on his own and the girls Mm -hmm. have their own place and they stop by once in a while. And, Mm -hmm. you know, were you able to, or were you, the one who taught them to drive or did they come with those skills to your home? They had some of those skills, but let me tell mm-hmm. you most scary slash fun time of my whole life was like new year's week in Burlington parking lot after midnight. Oh. Um, it was iced over and they have this big wide parking lot with not too many lampposts. And I uh, took them there to learn how to do donuts in the ice so that they would know how to rectify. Scary, <laughs> scary, scary. No, thank you. I just, when it's like that, my husband does all the driving. I'm not teaching anybody anything. I need to learn. <laughs> oh, 
was hanging on, man. <laughs> Praying. <laughs> so we made it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That's an adventure. You wouldn't have had any other way. Thank you, Jesus, for all the adventure. You never know where he's going to take you. That's right. So um, then this year, the girls moved out. They got their own little apartment. It is adorable and took some of the pets with them. And we still have the youngest. And, you know, I have to say the whole time, even though it was a little lonely sometimes, even though there was a little drama, we just kept telling ourselves we really could have had it a lot worse. They were really, really good overall, a little messy, but who isn't, but just good and trustworthy. And, um, so this year it's just us and the youngest. And I sat down around my birthday, you know, between Christmas and new year's last year. And I said, God, I'd really like to start doing one moment wiser again. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know what this new year is going to look like. You know, is it going to have the unexpected schedule, whatever's. And God said, pick what, what's the things that you couldn't live without. And let's focus on just those things. And so I picked the two things that I wanted to do the most, the interviews that I do with um, counselors and different kinds of mental health people and the daily devotions. And I said, you know, at some point I'd really like to re you know to start again on a devotional project that I had started on before all of this happened and God said well let's not focus on that yet I'll mm. do it when it's time and he sent me in a room <laughs> at a Christmas party with a whole room full of therapists and here I had planned a year of interviews focused on mental health, you know, from a uh -huh. Christian perspective, he said, mm -hmm. me in a room full of therapists, as soon as I had said, okay, this is what I'd like to do. And so I had, you know, half the year scheduled that fast. And then throughout the year, as I got more comfortable, um, their mom is doing like amazingly better. And, you know, she's out of the crisis and, and really doing well. And so we have this piece and I have kind of a co-parenting now which is helpful. And so I got to doing those in about mid year. I was like, I really think it's time to start this book again. And I have been able to have this wonderful process where God is like, you're not doing this for me. This isn't something you're doing for me. This is something we're doing together because you're my mm -hmm. kid. And just like you like decorating Christmas cookies with these kids, I like, working with you on things that will bring people healing. And he has specifically just planted in front of me people to be part of this book and um, opportunities to uh, get other perspectives. And it's wonderful. And so I'm actually almost finished with the third devotional in my series, which is the 3 a.m. book, When Divorce Keeps You Up All Night. Mm. And did a wonderful series of interviews with people who've been through divorce and counselors. We even had an attorney. We had like all these people that God just brought to me as, as my partner in this. You know, he's going, hey, I am doing this work too. And mm -hmm. um, it's been really neat just to, I'm glad that I took the time away. And I'm, I'm really just every day grateful that he mm -hmm. allowed me to get back into this and not 
not strive, but enjoy. Mm. I'm curious, are there any particularly, are there any particular lessons you can think of that the Lord really taught you to understand him better as you approach this season of parenting? You know, I, I feel like there's a lot that God teaches us about his relationship with us as his children. And then, and I wouldn't have learned it any other way except through motherhood. And um, so yours is like, he's been teaching me that for 27 years, right? He's been using those situations in my life since my oldest one was born. And I'm I'm just so curious. Um, yours has been very condensed with the Lord's like, <laughs> I'm going to give you the cliff notes on the relationship. <laughs> what is that like? You are so true. It, it He really does teach us more about himself from every relationship we have. And I think during this, he's taught me a lot about me and, and his great, great love and patience and, and maybe a little heartache, you know, because during the times when I, you know, just had this big silent house where there were all these people that didn't even talk to me hardly, you know, I thought, boy, he loves us. He sees so much in us and wants to teach us and do so much. There was so much I wanted to teach them. There were so many experiences I wanted to expose mm. them to. Yeah. And they just, you know, were in their own worlds and I couldn't yeah. seem to bring them out. And I thought, oh, gosh, we miss, I bet we miss a lot. Yeah. Um, when we're not leaning into God going, I want to go where you send me. I want to do what mm. you have me to do. What are we doing today, God? Um, mm. That was one of them. And then the other thing that I think about is um, just seeing a lot more clearly the misunderstandings that I've had about how God loves because mm. he wants to do all these things with us and show us these things, but he doesn't force himself on us, manipulate us, do the some of the things that we do when we're when we're human, right? When we're we're trying to love people wrongly. Uh if if somebody came to me and said, you know, hey, uh, can you pay this bill for me because you know, I'm not going to have it since I wasted my money on whatever, right? You know, I'd be like, well, I've got a job you can do you know, um, and let's plan your, you know, budget a little better. So because when you're teaching your kids, you're teaching them sustainability, right? How to mm -hmm. take care of themselves mm -hmm. as an adult. And that comes along with working and, and making right choices. One of the kids, we had a particular, a really unexpected um, issue with, and I had to say, you know what, God, I'm not gonna let you lie to me. God wants to bless you. I want to bless you. And you have to do things the right way. And you have to be mm. honest about it. And mm. you have to work on repairing that relationship because this is, we, we aren't going to live this way. And if you continue, then the relationship gets damaged, right? And, um, and I think God does that with us. He's like, I love you. I have so much love for you, but I'm not going to let you break my things or do, you know, yeah. steal from me. I'm not going to let you do the things that are harmful for you and for our relationship without being honest about it. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So it, I don't know. I think sometimes we think, sorry, I'm going on and on about that. No, <laughs> you know? you're, good. you're good. I'm constantly looking at this stuff though, but, but sometimes we think, um, the wrathful God, right. And we, and we think that, you know, it's, it's all, uh, judgment is hatred and, and all that. And, and God's like, no, 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 I love you, but I'm not going to let you damage this. Right. Um, I'm gonna it's the guardrails, the guardrails he puts up for our own protection. It's not that he doesn't want us to look over the edge and see the beautiful scenery down below. He understands the danger in it. And so he brings yeah. us back, brings yeah. us back. And if we decide to veer off, we're going to smash into a guardrail and we'll mm-hmm. have the consequences for what we did. Right. Um, but it's there for our protection. And he's honest with us and loving mm-hmm. to restore yeah. us. And, you know, now our relationship is so much better, but it did suffer for a little while. He, mm-hmm. You know, the um, kid that, that had a little bit of an issue wouldn't even look at me for what it felt like two months, probably. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm. but you know, when kids come out of a traumatic situation too, they don't know if they can trust you to still yeah. love them after they mess up. A lot of kids mm-hmm. think they have to be perfect or you'll hate them. Right. And that's, that doesn't have to be the case, but we have to prove with time that we love them. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense though. I mean, the scripture says something, I can't remember the exact verse, like no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's there for a purpose. And so there's going to be a little discomfort as we, you know, it's a little uncomfortable when the Lord is disciplining us and correcting us, right? Sometimes usually involves sucking up our pride a little bit. And um, at least in my experience. And um, (laughs) so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little hard for, for a time. Um, I love the picture that you gave me of, you know, everybody being in their rooms and doing their own things and you wanting to experience things with them. And is like saying, I have so much I want to teach them, places I want to go, adventures I want to, you know, like I want to share my heart. I want to have this relationship with them, but yet maybe they're missing the relevance of like what... I mean, like she, she wants to make cookies. I really don't care about cookies. She wants to go on a hike. I'm not a hiking person. What's the relevance for me? I just don't get it. And I, I don't think I've thought through that parallel Mm. and, um, I'm a real visual person. So seeing that and how you said, like, there's things the Lord wants to teach us. He's saying, come out of your room, live life with me. I, there's things I want to teach you. There's um, roads I want to walk on with you. We want. I want to go on a hike. I want to take you down this road and show you the most amazing things. And then we cower back and we're like, I, you know, instead of just stepping into that relationship and allowing him to open our eyes and our experience to his best for us, which really he's the one who knows what's best for us. Right. Right. Well, and there is, there's something to be said for focus and learning in particular areas, but uh, what I've seen in adults, uh, adult psychology is that at some point when we're young, we are open to so many experiences and we're able to find joy in almost every one of them Hmm. as we get older as we progress we start to close ourselves off and you've got that you know um 
that cliche teenager who's like, I'm so bored. Everything is so boring, right? Well, that's actually beginning to happen as we close ourselves off and fail to experience things. And Mm. we don't have to let that happen. What happens is we end up as adults with only the TV to entertain us because we have, we basically shut off all avenues of joy. We don't have to do that. We can find joy in things that maybe I wouldn't have chosen, but because this person wants to do it, I'm going to go with them for the experience of being Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. And then we joy and joyful memories start to sprout in our lives. Mm -hmm. We have Mm -hmm. happier adulthoods because of that. I talked Mm -hmm. to one of the kids who, after they, they moved out, they were experimenting with some things that I was like, you know, don't let this be your only source of joy because you'll really hurt yourself later. Mm -hmm. Um, You won't be able to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And um, God wants to give us joy at his Mm -hmm. presence. What is it? At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611. Mm -hmm. I love that one. I think trauma probably plays a part of this and we don't have the time to go deep and explore that and a real deep level right now. But I, but I think that's also like a little bit of a picture or a lesson that when we experience trauma at those young ages, then that, um, squishes us for lack of better words. I don't know. It it just, um, maybe for the purpose of protection after trauma, um, we're not as bold and adventurous to do things, or maybe in some ways we really are adventurous and we shouldn't be in some, right. in some areas, you know? And, um, but that I think there's a trauma response there. And, mm-hmm. um, as we heal through our traumas as well, you know, I, I've seen some, some people who have like never done anything new, never, um, like a whole series of new things. Like I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And as that trauma heals, Mm -hmm. there's like, oh, I'll try that new thing. And, oh, I'll try that new thing. And there's this new person being reborn on the outside and the ability and desire to, you know, do new things in life because they're also being remade in the inner person as the Lord heals their heart and, and heals any past woundings. Yeah. Well, our ability to say no is tested when we're in trauma. And so when we find a safe place, we do, we tend to say no, 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 because it's the power that we have. And Mm. and we actually have that power for once. Um, So it makes sense. But isn't it beautiful to know Mm -hmm. that people can be healed? That that even if we go through those periods where it seems like, oh, you are on a wrong track or, oh, this could mess you up. um, We don't have to force it because those kids will come to a point where God is Mm going to give them new perspective and be able Mm -hmm. to heal their hearts. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we all have to go through some kind of healing. You have a perfect childhood yeah. and you're still going to have to go through some kind of healing because that is how God um, teaches us. And it, I don't know, it's beautiful. It's exciting to me to see that people do that. Mm-hmm. Also at this retreat this weekend, we were saying you've either gone through something, you're going through something now, or you will be going through something in the future. So let's just exactly. admit that, that that <laughs> is the way the Lord works. Um, it's not, our lives aren't supposed to be stagnant. 
they're Uh supposed to be constantly changing and we're moving, we're growing, experiencing life. And that, that's a good thing. I love that you brought up the, the blossoming out of trauma. Um, that just, I just have this picture of like all those little purple flowers springing up in the spring and going that, that is an exciting thought that what we see isn't the end. And when those little like flowers are blossoming, like you're saying, there's roots that are going down deep. And so um, we don't always see those roots developing and the the soil and all the things. I'm not a gardener. Don't let me like take you the wrong way here. I, I have no idea how to garden, but <laughs> I do know that those roots are underneath the surface and they need nutrition and they need time. And sometimes they sit dormant in the darkness and then there is that moment when they start to come out and grow. And, you know, I always love to talk about community. And I think that with knowing it or not, you spoke to community in that you were available when you had this other mom that you knew and just the Lord put it on your heart. Like we need to be prepared to step in to the life of this family when there was there in case, well, I'm okay. So you need to be prepared or we need to be prepared to step in. I feel like the Lord is wanting us to be involved in their lives. And then when that time came, you did. And I think that there's so many people hurting and we just need to be listening. We need to be, have open eyes to those in our community. And if the Lord calls us to go, you know, you probably felt very ill-equipped or um, unprepared, like, wait a minute, they're teenagers. And you're, you know, usually people start out with toddlers and they practice raising children until they're teenagers. So why are you choosing me? You know? Um, (laughs) And so, but yet, the Lord will equip us with what he has called us to and what he puts in our hands and who he puts in our hands. And, um, just to respond to him with willingness and a trust that he will provide with, uh, provide to us the tools and the wisdom and then the community around us to accomplish what he's given. Yes. I am so grateful for my church community and for a particular counselor that, that came to be part of our process. There yeah. was, um, you know, cause they grew up with their mom and then they live in my house where, you know, my husband's trying his best to, you know, be different than he's ever had to be in his whole life. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm a very in charge kind of person. And, and so it was, a lot of female influence. And so the one boy in the family, um, you know, who grew up around all these women and now he's in a house where, you know, the woman is kind of running things really needed good, safe, healthy men in his life. Mm -hmm. And he's had a wonderful male counselor who, you know, because they're, he's not, neither of them are like, you know, let's talk about our feelings a whole lot. You know, he's, right. he's a counselor, so he's good at, at promoting that, but he found that it was easier to do work together or yes. play basketball together or have yes. coffee to, you know, play games uh-huh. and that worked. And so he's been a good role model. And then the guys mm-hmm. that run our youth group are just such excellent role models and they just, mm-hmm. They love him. They treat him with respect and they, mm-hmm. um, he's, 
it's been beautiful to watch. It's been mm. beautiful to watch. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, I know you've got these books that you mentioned. You also have a website and I am going to put links to those in the show notes. But if you can tell me what, you know, for those of us who are auditory learners, you tell me where to find you on social media and on your website. And then, yes, I will link it in the show notes, a simple click away. Oh, thank you so much for that, Pam. So you can find me on uh, Facebook. X or YouTube at one moment wiser. That's the number one, the digit one moment wiser. And then you can also go to my website, one moment wiser.com. Again, just the digit one, not O N E. So one moment wiser.com. And there you can find there's um, anxiety buster. That's a free download. There's uh, a free download. If you want to help a friend who's struggling There are also, there's like a calendar. I'm about to update the calendar. So wait on that one. (laughs) Um, But you can also find out about my books and courses there. If you don't mind, let me just tell you about something that's coming out in February. And I'm taking pre-orders now. But there is a devotional book and group study for people who are recovering from divorce. Divorce is such an isolating thing. And isolation can be deadly. And so I am offering this for, you know, individuals, of course, but if you want a way to minister to your community, um, it's called Surviving Divorce at 3 a.m. And it's a devotional book and group study that's been done by therapists and people who've survived divorce. And, oh gosh, there's an attorney in there. There are all kinds of neat people with good resources. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I I don't think we can have enough resources. I mean, our ultimate one is the word of God, but it is so good to have different perspectives. And I learn a lot through the story of other people's lives and the things that they have learned that can pinpoint and, and direct me to certain scripture to help me in all sorts of different arenas of life. So I thank you for making that available And I wonder if you would just close us out today in a word of prayer. Absolutely. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for the ways that you choose to teach us and grow us that are pleasurable and enjoyable and really make our lives feel purposeful. Parenthood is one of the biggest ways that you do that. And we want to be like you. But we also know that that we are just people too. So would you heal our hearts where we've been hurt or feel lonely or where we're fatigued? Lord, give us wisdom to do better and give us the faith, Lord, that says you are the true parent of our children. We are just helping you help us to just trust you to accomplish your purpose in their lives in Jesus name. Amen. Well, ladies, if you would like to join us for a little more conversation, hop on over to the tending fields, Facebook page. Um, Well, actually I do have a Facebook page, but 
the Facebook group, Tending Fields Moms group, is actually where we do most of the chatting, not on the page. So please join us over in the moms group. And uh, we love to pray for each other over there and just share real practical life experience and um, perspectives, things we're learning about laundry and menus and and the challenges of motherhood. So hope to see you over there. Goodbye. Goodbye. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is known.